0: The Land Bulletin Podcast is sponsored by Murr Ranch Group, serving buyers and sellers of legacy ranches and sporting properties with conservation values since 2005.
1: Welcome to the Land Bulletin Podcast, where we discuss a wide range of topics impacting landowners, ranchers, and future land buyers. I'm your host, Haley Murr. In part two of our two part series, we continue our conversation with the founder of Kingland and Water, James King, and the founder of Murr Ranch Group, Ken Murr, to discuss our brokerage alliance between both firms and the current ranch markets of both West Texas and the Andermountain West. Let's see what we discovered. Another thing I wanted to talk with you, James is about the market that's happening in Texas. Like we talked about some of these ranches, if you guys check our website, those of you listening or watching the Kingland and water ranches that we have on there, they're they are
2: big. Okay.
1: <laughs> and some may say, everything's, bigger, okay, in Texas. everything's <laughs> bigger in Texas. And some may say, okay, you know, but you guys are, you're selling them, you know, like the market down there remains really hot. So I'd just love to know, what you're experiencing down there, we can kind of give a little insight into what we're experiencing. But I'd love to know how you,
2: you know, guys. Were- I, I would say three years ago, the market was hot. Today, uh, it's almost like oxygen has left the room, mm-hmm. and and that nothing has crashed and burned. But there's definitely less oxygen in the room uh, mm-hmm. when it comes down to the market. Interest rates are probably the biggest uh, contributor to that not only does it cost more money to, to borrow money, but you can now make money with your cash uh, in the bank. And, and of course, uh, so when someone's asked me how the market is doing, we've got you know, winds coming from the west, from the east, from the north, and from the south. <laughs> and what, what I mean by that is interest rates are a headwind, but the Permian Basin to the north is booming. The oil, those guys are back like they were 10 years ago. You know, they're they're buying Rolls Royces and Jets in uh, Midland, Odessa again. You know, wait two years and they'll be selling them. But (laughs) so so that oil sector has really kind of taken some of that slack out. Uh, We had a lot of high tech stuff five years ago. You know, I, I, I sold a ranch to a 21 year old kid from Austin uh, it was 19 million dollars, and he made 100 million dollars in Bitcoin, uh, and and so his daddy was so happy that he bought a ranch because it's not going to go away like the bitcoins yeah. might, you know. Right.
0: So,
2: but overall, the market is very cautious, and finding someone who's re- ready to let loose a 20 million, 30 million, 40 million, they're just a lot more uh, concerned about that. And, and, and then again, you know, international stuff weighs in on people's minds, too, about, right. you know, where, where are we really going here? And then we've got an election coming up here, you know, soon. And there's lots of, you know, stuff flying there. So we just keep our head down. We do the fundamentals. You know, we, we list the property. We have relationships with them. We, we work with brokerage community. We work with buyers. We, get, you know, we negotiate complex transactions. I just finished one yesterday, and my hair is more gray. Because <laughs> it was awful. Uh, yeah. uh, and then we close. And then we have relationships that go on forever. And so it's just a constant, the fundamentals of, of doing your work. And we are fortunate to have some very large ranches uh, for sale. And we sold some, too. Do you
0: think, too, did you see, uh, we saw just a lot of inventory there, too, three years ago, yeah. you know, the COVID-inspired deal where people were yes. cashing in. And so you throw all that, and now, now the inventory isn't as much, right? The inventory is lower. I think it'll build back up. And I, I thought then things just got a little high, too, a little, a little, oh, little yeah. pricey in areas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah especially cl- closer to urban areas or air corridors or resorts or things like that, where th- they may be a little more susceptible to price uh, you know, drops. You know, Usually you don't see huge price drops on ranches. You may see adjustment list price, but over, over the years, it's not like you're gonna see like a resort market. You, you could buy a home and lose 20%, at least in the past you could, where you really don't see that on a ranch. Um, yeah. But except you know, maybe some of these kind of smaller ones, the, what, what do we define as a ranch anymore, too? I mean, to your point, Texas, you can still still find some big properties. In Colorado, somebody tells me they want to buy a 10,000-acre ranch, and I say, well, good luck. It, it becomes harder and harder to yeah. do, yeah. to yeah. assemble. Yeah. Now you're seeing a lot of 1,000-acre ranches. And even in Montana, you go up there, you can still find big ones. But if you look at it, so many people are buying 300-acre properties for x millions of dollars and I consider that a ranch and that's kind of a a sub market of kind of what we do i think Um, but i have found that in the end if you still have what i call a class a high amenity place it'll still sell for a reasonable amount of money but those are still very hard to come by i'm working on such a property up in pinedale wyoming right now and it's it's very singularly unique on the wind rivers and water rights and all these things but you know, when you try to get all those things together in one package, it
2: it can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a buyer right now. He's from Texas who really wants to buy a very large, big ranch in Colorado. And uh, I'm, I've been meaning to call you, Ken, about it. I'm not going to you know get on it here. But uh, I look around and there's just not a lot of that available right now.
0: Yeah. Right. Certain parts of the state, just like you, you know, in certain parts of the state you might find bigger, but then you're not getting the Alpine kind of property or or the same level of water right and another thing i want to bring up too is just the interest in water probably when you started in 89 in yeah. the conservancy to where we are today hasn't that changed too i mean
2: the emphasis major inclusion of water rights and easement major. System, right water is our limiting factor in our state mm-hmm. uh you know we're 26 million 25 years from now they say we're going to be 50 million Double. Case. And, uh, and it's, enter- it, it, it's hard to believe that Texas has energy problems, but we had a serious energy problem last winter, water. Uh, people are literally running out of water combined with drought, and maybe climate change. There are things there that uh, definitely are going to be limiting. Uh, yeah. And so it's a, it's a definitely something to keep your eye on. Water is going to be more expensive than oil. But, and, and, and it might already be. hmm well we
0: we and you know, i just saw even the evolutional easements when they really didn't include or have the water tied to the land or to the easement and now they always are yeah um you know as as a condition for that and and you know and i've been getting into areas like you know who's gonna how can you predict snowpack in some of these areas but we're we're seeing you know not as so much recharge we're seeing water flow down the peaks a lot quicker and it's just not soaking in and and so it's just running it's just runoff yeah you know i think we'll see you know more storage and more things like that come back uh, a bit but i have been doing things even dealing with the colorado river basin upper upper basin lower basin and the contests that are happened between those and how do you how do you value that water in that Mm -hmm. situation
2: you know and and those agreements were done so long ago Mm -hmm. when you know they thought we had more water than we did and we didn't have near as many people as we did do. And allocation of those water rights are going to be definitely under strain for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. As I say, I always look at everybody's assumptions because those are the first things you got to look at when you're doing <laughs> anything. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely, it's going to continue. I mean, do you foresee, I think mean, that's kind of a, a longer kind of view of the future of the market, especially when it comes to water. But are you expecting anything in 2024? Are there indicators of what the market might look like next year?
2: Well, so I'm working on a project right now, which is 434,000 acre, one landowner, one ranch. It's called wow. Brewster, Brewster Ranch. It's it's on my website. Wait, it's called and- Delaware. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> Rhode island.
2: It's yeah, Rhode island. Rhode island okay
1: <laughs> love dad jokes they're all welcome on, on this podcast. <laughs> but,
2: uh, i'm working on selling that to uh the state of texas wow. of all white people and and it's and this is an interesting uh point we have a new land commissioner and she looks at this just like a lot of other landowners have over the time but Texas has $50 billion in our in our school fund. And these are revenues that have been over the last hundred years that fund a lot of our you know things in Texas, including education. And but GLO is responsible for investing those funds. And they invest in bonds and stocks and they own buildings, they own all kinds of stuff. And so she has this philosophy of buying this ranch as a very conservative investment and sitting on it for 50 years, 100 years, or or, however, how long, it's not going to go anywhere. And you're not going to lose it like in a stock crash or something. And so at the same time, that state agency is working with Texas Parks and Wildlife of looking at that landscape of what are most important from a wildlife and a parks perspective. And maybe they could look at uh, managing or acquiring certain parts of that for their own purposes. So it, so my point is, if I take 434,000 acres off the market, I think it's going to have a very uh, uh, a big impact on what's uh, for a, out here in West Texas because mm-hmm. it takes all the slack out of the rope. And we're going to have fewer, fewer ranches for sale, which I think will, will underpin a a potential softening market. So that's my prediction. I hope it works out for the state of Texas and for King land and water. And maybe I can afford to drive up and have a beer. (laughs) with Ken.
0: Well, well, I'm working on a a potential land exchange and I, I kind of, that's where I cut my teeth in the business and you can do these land exchanges. Your GLO is really is, is kind of like our state land board or, Office of State Investments. I'm looking at something in Wyoming right now where, you know, their leases for cattle didn't make much income. So they're, they're saying, hey, if I can exchange out of one property here, a section of land that has, you know, de minimis return because of ag and then tr- exchange that out to another property in another location where I can get a much higher return maybe be in a growth or development so you, there are these opportunities for yeah. them too to see and and, and even leases between state agencies you know exactly. park and wildlife could yeah. be leasing from the glo and and, wow. and for recreational purposes and i see some of those things happening as well and those are those are just kind of the fun transactions we get to work on that are a little different than the average day-to-day usual yeah. ranch sale Which is great. I mean, we're still dealing with, as we know, most of our ranches are, you know, if you're dealing with an old, you know, family that's been there for five generations, whatever, that's their 401k, right? I mean, it's very important for them. So we understand that nuance. And then, you know, it all depends on how and who you're working with and what you're working on, uh, ultimately, but it's... uh, I just enjoy every day i mean i the the, the things we get to work on yeah type of landscapes I mean, I'm, I'm not a big hunter or a big fisherman I, I like doing it all i love hiking i love mountain biking you know for me just working on on the project totally
2: i'm i'm right with you man there's nothing more exciting than tackling a complex multiple party situation and then going out and seeing a new piece of land you know i i tell people i'm driving around with that I, because they want to know if I'm going to get lost or not on this big ranch. And I tell them I have a million acres in my head. And I really do. I've, I've been around so many places and there's nothing more exciting than being on a new piece of land. Yeah.
1: Big time. And I, I, Ken, you said it perfectly too. It's the other day you had a big closing and uh, my boyfriend said, Aren't you, you know, congrats. This is huge. Isn't this exciting? He's like, The closing is the least exciting part. Of the job like great to you know you know help the client for me
0: it is i don't know it's yeah. anticlimactic. it's like damn i gotta close that book you know yeah. i'm i love reading books and i love stories and sometimes i hate when the book ends because like god i was just really sure. I, I was mm-hmm. getting to know the cast of characters and i'm really kill, killer of the flower moon right now so we were talking about running around with yeah. cars and expensive cars and you know back when the osage had a very just dis- very sad story but um But at the same time, you know, I'd read these things. And to me, it's like the closing of a chapter when I'm able to work on things that are like the trees ranch I talk about near Zion National Park or something like that. It's just, you get to know it. I think it's probably the same when you were even TNC, you get to work on these projects and you have an impact. So when people talk about our job, I said, I'm wearing a white hat every day. I I feel good about what we do. I feel good about matching stewards with the land. I mean, I genuinely feel really good. What you
2: know? What I'm I'm blessed every day to be able to and be involved and in, uh, and represent people. And so I, people, I'm 65 years old. I'm on Medicare, uh, and people ask me, uh, "When are you going to retire, King?" And I said, "I don't know, man. Probably never. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. You know." This is you.
0: Hey, we're this going to. Haley and I are going to, uh, to uh, Toros del Paine at the end of uh, November I'm to work on a project I'm
2: with Explora
0: and Nature Conservancy.
2: So, okay, I need that's another thing I need to talk to you about is chili. I, yeah. I, I, you and I need to have a conversation about that. Also. There we go.
0: See? Well, yeah. there you go. That's why we <laughs> did <all that. laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna go, you know, and my wife wants to go on the trip, and we're like, well, you know, but uh, we, we, uh, you know, we're gonna explore and get a better sense of what we're trying to market down there and help them. And you, you gotta, you gotta scratch and sniff, as I say,
2: too. You gotta be, oh yeah, it. yeah. You gotta experience it, man. You can't do it from a from a you know computer for sure. Right.
1: Yeah, we've we've been dealing with that for three years, so it's nice to we're going to finally be able to touch the soil. And like Ken said, that's the best part of the job. Yeah. And you guys, I mean, you've both created businesses that are incredible, not just because you service your clients so well, and you deal with these incredible properties, but that your ethos and your your view of, your, of what you're doing is amazing and similar. And so I'm excited to see where this partnership goes. And it's really awesome to be able to work with you, James.
2: Yeah,
0: me too. Grow in Gary, Indiana, or you can grow in South Texas and still do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You still got it. Um, Well, we
2: need to have a a family retreat sometime. You know, uh, I I don't know how we do that, but that that would be something really fun to do. So uh, we need to brainstorm about that.
1: Would love that. And like I said, thank you so much for taking today to to meet with us, James. I, I, I give my our apologies to your wife. I know she's gonna need your help set up all those chairs coming up Heading but.
2: Out right now. <laughs> but, uh, I, I appreciate it. i'm I'm excited. Uh, I think this is the right thing to do for both of our organizations and uh, and and I think we'll we'll be good in business and I think it'll be good for us personally. And so Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing how this unfolds. Me too. Me too. Okay. Thanks so much. (laughs) Okay.
1: Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Bye.
0: Bye. See ya.
1: I just wanted to, again, thank both James King and Ken Murr for joining us today uh, to find out more about the brokerage alliance between Kingland and Water and Murr Ranch Group. We've linked the land report article in the episode description. And if you want to find out more about James King, Kingland and Water and any of their different listings, you can check them out on their website at kinglandandwater.com. Also, if you're interested in the Nature Conservancy and what they do, please go to nature.org. And to learn more about the ranch real estate and our ranch marketing process, please be sure to subscribe to our newsletter on our website at www.merrranchgroup.com or give us a call at 303-623-4545. Thanks so much. See you next time. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Haley Murr, and I made this episode with the help of Bill Boyce of Voice Collective. Big shout outs to our special guests, King Land and Water founder, James King, as well as MRG founder, Ken Murr. For more information on the ranch real estate market and other topics relating to ranch ownership, be sure to check out our website, murrranchgroup.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening to the Land Bulletin podcast. See you next time.